Today's episode is sponsored by one of my favorite rap labels, Front Row Regal. Started by my good friend, Rock City Mark, legendary rapper Ito, and Jay Rios, they are the go-to for real hip-hop. Make sure to check out the whole team, including DJ Duop, Jay Black, Nice to Future, Boo Boo the Prince, Reno RX, and Uop Diggs. Follow Front Row Regal on all platforms and check out the new New York by Ito and DJ Duop out now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of like the like air of mystery behind Real Bad Man, though. That was something that intrigued me in the beginning. Yeah, I I mean, um, but it has to come to an end at some point. Like you can't, you know, it's then I become like Dead Mouse or Daft Punk or you know, like, like, not some like, not a real person. You're you're like a character. Mm. So, what um, was your main goal for it in the beginning? Like, did you have like a vision in mind? Um. Yes. And it was going to be a clothing brand first, which it still is. It's a clothing brand first. We put out way more clothing than music. Don't clothing brand. Don't I have to say that. And I have like the clothing brand. There's multiple people who do who do the clothing brand with me. So um, I have partners that all work on the clothing part. And then the music was supposed to be like, I did the clothing thing because I was like, oh, I'm not going to do music anymore. Because I did music previously, but not, um, I mean, I grew up in the rap world. And then, you know, I'm 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 older. So I went through the, the time where rap, like, kind of got whack for a little bit. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to Portishead and Radiohead and, other groups with the word head in it and <laughs> and then eventually like still made beats and i i had a band and we did like it was all like sort of you know portishead massive attack influenced you know and did that for a few years and then i was like uh i'm done wasting time doing music my career is in fashion and clothing designing that's what i do most of my day is spent doing that kind of stuff and so I was like, I'm not going to do music, but my creative outlet will be Real Bad Man and it'll be a clothing brand. And then it didn't last very long before I started like producing again. It was um, the first season. We did a seven inch and it was uh, the theme of the season was Kraut Rock. So it was I, I wanted. the The seven inch to sort of be like a curated curated songs that were around a theme. Mm-hmm. So the first season record was ended up being Edon doing um like flipping vitamin C, which is a can song. And then the B side or the other side were these um guys who do kind of like digital dance hall out of Tokyo named Bim One. And they did a tangerine dream song so i kind of like was like these are the songs i want you to sample do your thing i didn't have to produce anything but then 
season two, like there's only there's only a few people that really produce and rap at the same time and 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 are very good at both. Edon is one of those, so I got very lucky. But season two, I wanted to choose rappers I wanted to work with. So uh the season two's theme was drugs. So it was all trying to sample from like um albums that were known as like drug albums or stoner records like you know where the artists were really stoned when they made it yeah um, um so that was the theme and that was the idea behind the record and then you know uh i ended up was like oh, i can just make these beats myself none and of then- it was you though none of this was like i wanted to like your plan you wanted to create something that was not yourself as a uh it wasn't that it was more of well i started making the beats again out of necessity because i would have had it would have been way more work for me to like hire a producer and say this is the song i want to sample and then i would have just like you know been so hands-on i've been making beats like my whole life since i was 16 you know so did you look at music like it was a girl you were done with forever or one that you were flirting, trying to get back with. I could never get rid of the girl. It's like, (laughs) like I always, like, even when I stopped, (laughs) even when I stopped, I, I would still make beats and like, you know, my, my friends and family were like, I thought you were done making beats. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing this for fun. It's like doodling on a paper. Like I don't doodle, but I'll open up Ableton and like fuck around. So uh eventually after the second record which was like mayhem loren doing psycho dwarf like a cover of psycho dwarf um and then loji doing like an original song but in the sort of like sampling all these like i don't want to name i don't want to sample snitch on myself but like sort of like psychedelic folk records like from the 70s that were known so using those samples as like my sort of my base and then there was a third song that i didn't produce that was um huey briss uh the rapper did a song and we were the idea was to take a sample from the chronic one of the songs dre used um and and then and then nico beats did that song and then from there on, I was like, I'm just going to produce it myself and I'm going to work with rappers I want to work with. And then it sort of spawned like me making beats again, um, sort of professionally. I've listened to a couple of, I mean, I've read a couple of your interviews and I listened yeah. to the one shout out the dad bod rap pod yeah. and you do talk with love about music and it is crazy. Like did you fall out of love with it? Like you talk about it with such passion. No, it, you know, it's, it's the, when you put your energies into something and it doesn't turn into what you want it to, it gets frustrating. And you're like, ah, fuck. Like I keep putting all this time, effort and money into like music. And I had a, you know, I had a band and you know, there was three of us in the band, but I, it was sort of more my vision than anyone else's. So it was more of my time. And it was a lot of like wrangling, like I need you here at this time to do this thing for me. And then, and it happened, you know, when you're doing an album, 
like with a band, there's a lot of that. Um, and then all the artwork, all the design, all the music videos, all of that stuff was my stuff that I would do, you know? Um, and so I don't know, it came a point where it's like, I have kids, <laughs> like I have a career and my career does not involve making music. So, um, and because it's a band, you're supposed to tour and play shows. And I don't like that shit at all. <laughs> like I prefer making music and producing and like working and collaborating. I don't want to be on a stage necessarily, um, you know, every night, you know, for months at a time doing that. I don't want, I'm not a performer. I'm a, yeah. I'm a producer. If it, I'm a producer and an editor and I, and a creative, I'm not a entertainer. <laughs> was there a moment you fell out of love with it? Uh, I never fell out of love. It was more of like, I don't know. I guess it was more, um, what's the, I'm looking for a very performative to be like, I'm done with it. Like I'm done with it. I'm done with my, my old group was pollen. I'm done with pollen. I'm just going to like concentrate on like my agency, my design, like all the design stuff. I do like, I do so many different jobs and I do think that like, you know, if I could give advice is pick your lane and stay in that lane. Don't try to drive in three lanes at the same time. Cause you're just going to go way slower than if you were in one lane. And I can see that now cause I still do my design and like agency stuff. And then I do like the music real bad man stuff too. And they're kind of going at the same time. And I have sort of partners with each. So it helps me, but like, you know, there was a, you know, years ago, like I also went to film school. So like, you know, I had, I developed a few shows that we took out to pitch and had like producers and a showrunner and a director and all these things that people attach and you spend all this time like i don't know working on this idea that you're then gonna go and try to get someone to pay you to bring that idea closer to fruition and i don't know we spent year two years working on this thing and it went it didn't go and it was like supposed to be the one that went and i was that's the one i was like i'm done doing that so I'm done like working on shows from scratch. Like if an opportunity arises, yes, like I have the skill set, you know, I know how to write, I know how to direct, you know, I know all that stuff and I've done it. Um, but I don't know, developing a show with like writers and all that stuff, just while I have all this other stuff going on is a kind of a waste of time because I can't put all my time into that. You have to work within your means of who you are as a person. Yes, or where my career has taken me. Mm -hmm. If I had sold that show, things would probably be different. I'd be doing that and I'd be doing Real Bad Man. Or I'd still be just doing music and and that stuff. You know, and I'd be, but but my career hasn't taken me there outside of music. So it's taken me down a path of like designer, creative director, art director. So I work with brands in the clothing world and like, you know, bigger, bigger brands outside of the clothing world, but want sort of a very sort of specific thing, which is like sort of uh, elevated, like streetwear aesthetic. This is a more esoteric question. So I, yeah. I pardon me, but yeah, you yeah. said 
your career led you down that path. Do you feel yeah. like you didn't have control over what you were creating or do you feel like you created the path? Um, I mean, ultimately I created the path, but the path was created by choices. So like, you know, if I were like, Hey, you know what? I don't care about money or anything. I'm just going to be at a starving artist. That path might've been very different, but you kind of make choices to, uh, I don't want to say to survive because it wasn't that dire, but like I never wanted to be a starving artist. Mm. I was always like, oh, I can do what I'm good at in the design world. And then that would afford me the freedom to do what I want in the music world. And, and that's, that's what, that's what's happening now. You know, I, you know, I, I real bad man is all self-funded. So, you know, I I'm able to do it because I have I I'm I have a career as a as a as a creative. Yeah. You know? And Real Bad Man is kind of where everything kind of collides finally. You know, where it's like I can do design and I can do the music and it's all under one roof, but you know, eventually I need to step out a little bit of the shadow because everyone no one like People are like, oh, real bad man's a group, real bad man's a this. It's like, you know, um, and um, I don't know, for it to I think grow and for the record label to grow and for the brand brand to grow. Um, I think uh, you know, I guess coming out of the shadows a little bit for the music yeah. at least, um could be good. I don't know. Well, well it's funny hearing you say like when you were in a band, you were doing all the work. Cause yeah. now it's you're kind of like it is me. Let me get the. Yeah. No. I always, I always said it was produced by the band, you know, but I produced every song, you yeah. know, like I worked with the guy mixing it every time, you know, like, but is I was always something scary about it being all on your back. Like if you step uh, out of the shadows. Yeah. I mean, no, there's nothing scary about it, but I've always been loyal to like my crew, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I want, you know, I like this sort of group. Oh, we're in this together. Um, you know, but eventually it's like, all right, I've been doing way too much stuff on my own. Yeah. So, um, but with the music stuff, the music stuff's all me, like the, the clothing it's, it's, it, there's more than just me, but the music it's, you know, I'm the only one making the beats. I'm the one working with the artists. I'm the one, you know, working with the, 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 person mixing it and mastering you know all that stuff is all done and it's my you know curation like the idea of like oh my beats would sound good with this person like that would be fun yeah you know um i'm not necessarily looking at it like um i want a really good body of work when this is done like i want someone to be like damn that was good he's good like that the all the discography is great it's eclectic but great do you so, think you're i mean i i think you're at that now but do you feel that uh no <laughs> i don't think I'll, i don't i i will not i don't know when i will feel that mm -hmm. maybe when i'm when i have the ability to to message anyone i want and they'll like oh, i know you yes let's do it you know mm. i think they're i think they're you know it's but I don't expect that now. I'm I'm still even though I've been 
doing different iterations of music. Like, I don't know. There's only like, I've only released like three albums, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and, and, you know, like full albums where I'm the producer and there's an artist. Um, so there's more coming. There's a bunch more coming, but, um, you know, I've been doing it for a while, but you know, you only do so many albums a year. Like, so, um, but yeah, we have, we have a, there's a lot coming. There's a lot like finished, almost finished in the works, finished and, and not able to be released. There's like, there's a lot, a of, lot of stuff. How did you find the muse again? Um, sampling records, I guess, again, because when I was, I mean, I never stopped sampling records, but you know, when I, when I learned how to make beats back in like the late nineties, mid late nineties, you know, when I had my SP 1200 and it was, you know, that era, there were all these rules to sampling. Oh, you can only sample in this genre. You can kind of, these are the years. Like if you, you know, there was always rule breakers, but like for the most part, everything was, was there, there are all these rules. And I think those, those rules eventually went away. They're totally gone now. Now you can sample, you know, a beach house record that came out a year ago and like, you're all good. But back in the days, that would be weird. That, that like wouldn't happen. So, um, I think the muse just came from the music I like is being made again, you know? So like um, there was a time like when the sort of Boldy James, Griselda-esque music was not, was not cool. It wasn't that like, you know, I, I don't, it wasn't until Rock Marciano did, did, did Mockberg, Macberg, you know, like yeah. that was it. That was like, the first time that like in a while there was like an underground rap record that was that was fucking cool you know that didn't seem backpacky <laughs> i don't want to get hate but that that's just like no i mean i'll get more hate that i don't care like all right yeah. so i'm 25 years old i was born yeah. in 97 like yeah, yeah. i never got that like mass exodus of rap because i came up listening yeah. to everything yeah, yeah. And, like, and, and yes I enjoy I yeah. I enjoy it all. Like I'm a fan. So it's funny. I hear that so much of like hip hop was never like it left and came back. Yeah. Like, like it, it, you know, like after 96, like gangster rap and the puffy, like that whole era, you know, then you had Nelly and like all these like rap became bigger and more commercial. And while that was happening, there was the underground stuff and you had Def Jux and Anti-Con and all that stuff kind of going on at the same time. And I was totally not into that stuff. I'd, I'd go in and out and be like, oh, MF Doom. I love MF Doom. Like KMD, like I, I'm in. But like, I was also listening to like electronic music and like alternative music. Anything that was still like kind of underground you know like but i still loved like the radio heads of the world but they made weird albums bjork they made they didn't make like they were popular and they're huge bands but they didn't make like you know they're not like the red hot chili peppers yeah you know but do you care about that 
uh, I did when I was younger. I care less now. Because you say you want to be able to hit up any artist you'd like. But yeah, like, you I have, don't think I'm, you I'm have not, Marcy on a project. You have three Voldy yeah, James projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. But I meant like, yeah, like, yes. Um, I don't think it matters if the music is popular. But like back then, like, you know, you're you're younger than me. Like the mm-hmm. having to dis- having to find stuff was 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 always fun. Discovering something new, which like, you know, I I like doing that now. It's just a different thing. It's like, oh, yeah, you search a name on Spotify. That's how you discover something new. But back then you'd be in a record store. And you'd be like, what is this? This record that's on this weird label and it's from England? Like, there wasn't, like, a way to Google it. You'd, you'd have to take the chance. And if you came home and the record was dope, you'd, like, you'd get really, I'd get really excited. Oh, I found something new. Like, now it's it's a little different, you know? Um, it totally is. It totally so is. It's easier, it's easier to find new music now. Do you think it's easier for artists? No, I think it's easier for the consumer. I think there's a lot out there. I think it's it, you get you can get lost, you can get lost in the in the sea. Sea is very big. I think with everything, with TV, with film, maybe not with film because there's still movie theaters, but like you know, on on TV, there's so many choices. Like there are TV shows out there that people are that people all hear about, and I'll be like, I've never heard of that show. Yeah, and they're like, it's the most popular show on this. And it's yeah. like I, I don't know any of the people. I don't I don't know the show, you know. And and I think there's a lot of that with music. Like I have a my daughter's almost fourteen, and she'll play song. Like she'll, you know, can I play songs? She'll play songs that are kind of cool. That are cool. Not even kind of cool. They're cool of bands I've never heard of. And I'll be like, how did you find this? You know. And I'll look, and they'll have like millions and millions of streams on spotify and back in the days there if there was a band that had you know millions and millions of fans you'd know about them but now there's so much out there and everyone's on streaming you could be a band that like is is popular and tours and makes money but like below the radar of like most people I told try and that's what the underground is like yeah it's so so I'm a stand up comedian first that's yeah. my like main thing yeah. and then with the podcast that's if someone asked me from the comedy world like hey like what type of people do you interview yeah 6 out of 10 people 7 out of 10 people aren't going to know who Griselda are aren't going to yeah, of course know, you know I would say 8 out of 10 exactly exactly but to some people that's that's the top of yeah. whatever yeah. that is it is very yeah. strange yeah so yeah I, I do think the underground has a sort of a, a ceiling and, and and to go beyond that you become you need like that's where like push a t lives he lives mm. slightly beyond that that ceiling. Yeah. You know, because he has songs with Pharrell and Jay-Z, you know? Yeah. But it so. is cool when you connect with someone on, like, all right, I'll tell you a yeah. story about your brand, about yeah. 
when Crime Apple showed up to do the podcast probably yeah. two years ago, we yeah. both were wearing the exact same real bad man shirt and I had to change. <laughs> yeah. And that was so, like, oh shit moment. Yeah, yeah. And it, like I like that. That's like so I'll I'll tell you a very odd story. So I witnessed a car accident, like a road rage accident in LA when I was when I was probably like I don't know, late 90s. Okay, maybe early 2000s. Um and it was two cars and like they were they were like kind of like going back and forth and then one car hit the other car on sunset and sped out and like I pulled over and the cops took my info and they called me to testify. And so I go to court and I go and I get on the stand and, and I testify what I saw and I could see the jury and there's a guy on the jury with a bathing ape sweatshirt. And this was before like there was bathing ape was anything bape was anything here in America. It was like a cool Japanese brand. There were no stores that carried it here. And I was like, that guy knows me. I don't know him, but because of what he's wearing, there's we're somehow connected. I testified. I left six months later. I was like hanging out at the Stussy store and some guy can't comes in and says, you testified at this court at this trial. I was, a, I was on the jury. And, and I was like, I remember you, you wore a babe sweatshirt. And he was like, yeah. And it's that sort of thing. Like there's a, there's some sort of shared, like, um, if you know, you know, is kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, if you walk yeah. down the street and someone's in a real bad man shirt, you're, you might, you know, you should like say what's up. That's how it used to be with Supreme. That's how it used to be with Bape. Like Supreme before like 20 plus years ago. Like if you wore Supreme, you knew you knew what was up, you know. Would you want to grow your brand to that level? A hundred percent. But it has to start somewhere. It has to start authentic and cool. You can't go from like zero to 100. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to take 20 years, but like. Yeah. You know. At some point, yeah, I because you can have like a. I always wonder how people see their art because I see it as like you can have like a mom and pop restaurant or a yeah. really good steakhouse that's yeah. like smaller, or you can be like McDonald's because McDonald's yeah. is like Drake is McDonald's, you know, like yeah, yeah. I'd want to be somewhere in between. <laughs> I'd yeah. want to be Steak Shack. <laughs> All right, I I fuck with that. Yeah, <laughs> like you know. Uh, you don't need one on every corner, but Shake Shack does well and is and and people like it. Where did the idea come from for Real Bad Man? Um, I knew I wanted to start a brand. Um, and the first season we we had this idea. Um, I wanted to bootleg some shirts, like bootleg some like kraut rock bands. Um, I was. I was tr like, there was, I'm trying to say this story without giving too much away of what we bootlegged, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, don't snitch on yourself. Yeah. yeah I'm really good at that. Um, <laughs> I wanted to do, I wanted to bootleg a bunch of like shirts for bands that didn't really have merch. And if they did have merch, it was like a size small and it had holes in it and was like a thousand dollars because they didn't make a lot or, and it wasn't like, it was just basic. It would be just a band logo. So I wanted to do that sort of thing where I where I 
took a band I like, took an album I like, and made like almost like a tribute tee, you know, to them. So, um, and it wasn't a rap thing. It was like, it was, we're going to do like weird seventies, like, you know, crowd and prog rock bands. Um, so that's what it started. We're going to do, we're going to bootleg these. We're going to make like a hundred of them and, you know, we'll sell them to like a few friend shops and that kind of stuff. Um, and then we were thinking about the logo or like what goes on the tag of the shirt. Um, and I, I think, you know, in LA, there's all those like neighborhood watchmen signs where it's like mm-hmm. the guy like this, you know? Um, and I was like, Oh, what if we like, we're stealing, we're doing something bad. We're, you know, in theory, like breaking the law. Um, and so we're gonna, we're gonna do that. Um, so why don't we draw a little criminal guy and, 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 and give it. And I, I had this idea of like selling watches, like from like, you know, New York, you'd have the guys in the trench coat and he'd be like, want to buy a watch. And he'd have like a bunch of like stolen watches or fake watches. So it was that. And then the name, you know, I wanted to, I think probably call it bad man. Cause he was like a bad character mm-hmm. and that was taken. <laughs> there was another thing called bad man. And then I was like, Oh, well, he's like real bad. He's, he's worse than just bad and had nothing to do with like, the reggae world like i was i was after i said it, i was like oh i'm aware of that but we're not we're not a reggae we're not reggae affiliated at all so um it was it uh it just was like hey it's it was kind of a like he's not just bad he's real bad because he's you know and it was this idea of like this is a criminal and we what we were doing was in theory sort of criminal because we're taking art that doesn't belong to us and we're repurposing it into something new and that's what we do in music and that's what we do for the clothing and that's sort of like how i've always sort of if you want to call it art that's how i created art is throughout my whole life was sampling you know taking something that technically doesn't belong to me but then turning it into something that's me do you see this as you create it as a brand do you see yourself as real bad man now no i mean no, I always introduce myself as I'm Adam from Real Bad Man. People will call, will be like, oh, that's Real Bad Man. And I'm like, oh, I'm Adam. Hold on one second. You're like, I'm a pretty nice guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine if people call me that. I just, <laughs> no, of I just, course. I, I'm, uh, you know, I, um, no, and that's sort of like, do I, show myself in videos or do I just keep it going? I think if you, um, you really want to find out like who I am, (laughs) you can just Google it. Like, you know, it's not that, it's not that mysterious. What's your relationship to psychedelics? Um, I mean, I have mushrooms in my drawer. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's a big part of like, not yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, it's aesthetic, but, but I'm not like, I don't walk around baked all day. Like I, I, um, in order for me to like that to me is fun and relaxing. And, and I don't usually work on any sort of drugs. So, you know, I have a bunch of weed and I have a bunch of mushrooms (laughs) and like, like at night, if I, you know, I'll make beats like that, but like, sort of my regular normal life uh you know 
like designing and stuff. I, I it's it was just I, for aesthetic purposes. No, I have to I have to I have to be I have to be kind of away from it. I want to enjoy it. Mm. So I want to and and I can't like be stoned at, at work. I have a real problem of taking mushrooms and then just having to do shit in public. And I'm like, this is the worst place for it. Yeah. I mean, like if you take a little bit, you could still be happy. Like I like taking, you know, like, like not micro, but like macro doses and then Mm -hmm. going to like social things. Um, (laughs) Like I'll be smiley and happy. Um, It takes the edge off. Um, But, but yeah, I like for every day, like, I don't, I'm not like an, Oh yeah, no, (laughs) I tried micro dosing once like for, you know, to do a little, that shit was horrible. I was like, no, I can't. Yeah. I I don't like, I don't, I I do it like, you know, a couple times a month, you know? Okay. You ever had like any crazy trips recently? Are you pretty? No, I'm, I mean, just, no, I, I like, um, I don't like being out of control. Mm-hmm. that's like my you know i like directing you kind of have to be in control so i like going right to the edge of that you know mm-hmm. where you could hear stuff and see stuff but like you know the ground is still flat you know there's mm-hmm. no elephants talking to me but like emt i have not i've i've been <laughs> my uh one of my one of my partners is like come over it's like you're in an animated film for 15 minutes and i'm like (laughs) i I don't know if that like it's something i want to do you know Uh but but i think for like real bad man the like you know i've always been into like the beat poets and like burrows and like psychedelic art and the stuff that came out of you know, all of that stuff, the Ram Das and all, all of that aesthetic, like our crumb and the seven, like that's the big influence on my art. So I embrace it. Um, and I take influence from it. Um, but I'm probably too scared to be the guy that like takes DMT and starts making beats. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So no, I, I totally understand that because I'm the guy. Who, yeah, I, I yeah. it was a wild experience. I started yeah. the podcast and it's one of those things. Psychedelics is one of those things. The farther away you get from it, the more you're yeah. just like, oh, those are experiences. And it wasn't like you didn't really yeah. have this awakening. You were that person that you just needed something to push you to the edge. Yeah. And I, and I like I like having them. I like doing them. But I still, I, I don't like going full blown. Mm-hmm. That's too much. Well, yeah, you have like need a, a day off in between. You're <laughs> and like I don't, a... get, I don't get days off. No, between. you're like a real person who has to do things and <laughs> yeah. have a business. I think if I if I had like a cabin in the woods and I was like there for like weeks on end, then yes. Mm-hmm. But like I, <laughs> I live in LA. I have like two kids and a and a dog and a wife and a, you know like. Yeah. I have I have stuff I have to do every day. What type of artist did you think you were going to be when you were younger? Oh, I never. I mean, I still don't think I'm an artist, even though like I technically create art. Or a creative. I whatever, thought I was going to be a film director. I thought I was going to be a film director. Like I went to school for that. Like I, as a kid, I was obsessed with movies and music. Like I DJed at a really young age. Um in high school um 
there was like a a public access station like at the high school i don't know if you know this story but there was there was a there was a like a or a little radio station that i was a part of and then there was a tv station and i did a video show a public access rap show and alchemist was the host in high school yeah we went to the same high school so uh i always had a camera with me but i was also djing at the same time so i thought you know after high school i didn't go and i had you know i had my drum machine and i dj'd but i went to i went to school for film i didn't go to school for music i didn't go to school for music business like i went to school to be like a, a video director and then or, a, or just a director film and tv and and screenwriting and i you know you learn how to direct people so you learn how to communicate your ideas but then after college was done the jobs i wanted to or i didn't want to go and like be an assistant to like a director or work in like an editing house like i worked at stussy like at the store and i was like oh i'm gonna i'll work here because i know these are my friends and then on weekends and after work and days off i'll write and i'll do music i'll do all the stuff i love and then um eventually like I used all the stuff I learned from directing into, into the fashion world. And I was start, I started to like reach out to artists I wanted to work with and was like, Hey, I need you to do this. It's a way, it's the same thing that you learn at film school. Directing is putting, communicating what you want to the artists that you're working with and then guiding them to get what you want. At the end of the day, the director is the one in charge. So the director's happy you move on to the next scene. So I, I I don't think I was consciously doing it, but I had those skills. I had the skills to be able to, to communicate my ideas. And I would be reaching out to artists that I wanted to work with for like Stussy things. Like, oh, I want you to do this collection. You know, this is the vibe, you know, and then we would work together on creating the the graphics, the artwork, the the clothing, and then that's that's what i still do today and now i you know music is the same thing it's you know if there's something wrong or something you don't like as the producer you need to be able to communicate like oh you know maybe you could do it like this or you know i think with rap it's a little different though i think with with like um especially with like the people that in like the genre that 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 i've been creating in a lot of them have such like you know, style already that like, I mean, I like Boldy just does his thing and you're like, oh my God, it's amazing. You know, as opposed to like a younger artist that might need a bit more guidance. Mm. And I, I haven't worked with a lot of like young artists that like have never really recorded before, you know, but I, yeah. but I think like, you know, with, with like, you know, Boldy, I, I use Boldy as an example because I've worked with him the most out of like anyone. So like, um, it's a pretty good, uh, like I have a pretty good idea of how to work with him. And, and like with him, I just sort of let him do his thing. Like you would on a film with like a really good actor who knows how to act, you know, maybe every once in a while you're like, Hey, can you double the chorus or can you do this? Or, you know, can you give me something here? 
you know, yeah. in this section that you're not thinking of. But for the most part, you know, there's a reason why you want to work with him. What's your connection to Boldy? On like an energy level, why do you think you guys work together? Um, I don't know, I when we first met or started DMing, he had done on season three for Real Bad Man, the seven inch has a song with Boldy and Alchemist rapping. Um, and then the B side is Large Professor, Blue, and Exile. Um, and I did those beats. That was the, that was season three. And um, I, I asked Alchemist, like, oh, can you rap on this? And then can you, I was like, I don't know if, if, if you have someone who you, you know, who would sound good with you, can you put them on there too? And he was recording Boldy, like probably the Bold Face EP or probably Price of Tea was probably during that period. Um, and so they recorded and it was, and he was like, Oh, do you, what do you think of Boldy James? And I was like, yeah, I haven't heard, you know, I haven't really heard him in a while. And he's like, Oh, you know, we're recording. Is it cool? I'm just going to put him on there. And I was like, yeah, go for it. So once he was on there and it came out, I, you know, messaged him and I was like, thank you. And, you know, if you want a copy of it, let me know. And then, and then I was like, can I send you beats? He was like, yeah. And I sent him beats and he was like, I really like your beats. Like a lot of people send me beats and I don't like them. <laughs> He was like, I like your beats, like genuinely. And I was like, cool. Can we start, you know, let, let's let's record. And so the stuff I was sending him was like a lot of the stuff that ended up being on the first, you know, the first record, the uh, Real Bad Boldy. Um, and it was probably like the stuff that had more soul loops. And I think he really reacted to that because he likes, it seems like he likes very soulful beats, you know, but he he kind of like, you know, um, back then that the batches that I was sending him had more soul samples in them. And I think he reacted to that because I think a lot of people were sending him stuff that I guess didn't have soul loops. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think, um, we work well because I let him do his thing and he lets me do my thing. You know, it's very rare that like we bump heads on stuff he kind of like does it and then lets me kind of do my thing um so i don't know if that answers the question yeah do you ever think about your connection to growing up with al and then where you're at now i mean it's it's i mean the, uh we weren't like super close growing up but like we were friendly mm -hmm. um but i mean he we always I always followed his career and I'd run into him every couple of years and be like, Oh, what's up? And, you know, we catch up and, you know, he, you know, uh, but you but, ended up too. you're in, in a yeah. lane that you've made a name for yourself, which is surprising, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I like, I don't think of it too much because he's like here <laughs> and I'm still like here, like, <laughs> you know, he's like, he's accomplished, and he's but who done has more boldy albums than you two you know like yeah that's a that's a weird coincidence yeah but i don't i wouldn't know boldy if he hadn't put him on that record 
Yeah, but if you didn't have the talent to match, it wouldn't. Have sure. Yeah, yeah. The, regardless of talent, it's just it's more like of a like, chicken in the egg type thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but who knows? You know, like you know, it coming through him probably helped. You know, bold. You know, when I was you know hitting up Boldy, but yeah, I, I, I don't think about it too much. I just try to do me. I try mm-hmm. to sound like me. Like I'm not. You know, I, I, I listen to. I listen to some stuff. There's no way I can listen to everything, but I try to make, you know, I can only make beats the way I make. I know how to do it, you know? So mm-hmm. hopefully I sound unique and like the stuff sounds different than what's out there. That's like why I you want, like the rules. Yeah. I was always trying to break the rules, but I didn't know how to break the rules in a way that would still sound good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It became too like weird or alternative. You know, I don't want to make alternative rap. You know, that was like a thing back then. Like, I don't, I like, I don't want to make experimental rap. I want to make rap, like, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff that that still feels like a rap song. You know, so yeah, I go against a lot of my instincts of like, hey, I'm gonna play a bunch of shit over like over these beats, you know, and just keep them as stripped down as possible. You know, I, I, I'm from the, the, like the mindset of like, Hey, it's a chorus. Something big has to happen. <laughs> you know, like that's how I, you know, when I had a band, like you couldn't just have the whole, you know, a two bar loop the whole time, like something would have to change. Um, and so I, I try, you know, I try to do that sometimes, um, but it has to be the right song. And I think with like modern rap, it's very it's 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 loopy and hypnotic and you can have the same thing going over and over again for a song and the 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 rapper is the instrument on top of it that kind of like carries it um but as a producer i still want to like you know when there's a chorus or there's something i want i want it to be still exciting i want yeah. it to build and and evolve it's like you want to follow certain rules but not when you're told them yeah i or I want to follow my personal rules, which mm-hmm. could be not even rules are just like, these are the things I do. These are like habits. Yeah. Things that I like I, that sound good to my ear, but then, you know, I think as I've worked with other artists that don't really do choruses or their choruses aren't big, you know, it's caused me to like reevaluate and look at things a little differently. Mm-hmm. How I create the song. Or what I do to it afterwards, you know, because usually, um, usually I send when I send beats, they're not finished. They're not like these are the finished songs. I don't sit there and like, you know, play the bass and like do all this stuff to it until I get it back. You know, it'll be like a loop. And a lot of the times, you know, I don't know if the person rapping to it even knows it's not finished. (laughs) They might think, yo, this is fresh. But then once I get it, then I need to like, then I, then I sort of go in and produce the song and it's like, okay, like it needs to drop out here. I'm going to add something to this section. I'm going to move, pretend, maybe move it, make the chorus twice as long at the end, you know? Um, and then, and then that's when we'll be like, oh, maybe we should put someone else on this song. Who should we get? You know, and sort of like thinking, thinking in, in those terms of like, um, I don't know, shaping the song, shaping the project by like adding other elements. Do you have that clear of a vision on 
future plans too of like what you want to create in the future is it more you want uh control over the mo the moment uh no, like, I mean, I can give you, like, so we're, I'm working on a project now. We're finishing up with um, Luca. Oh, from Memphis. Yeah. Um, and so it's a very, it's, it's turned out to be a very special project. So like, I'm, I'm, he loves it. I love it. It's probably the most collaborative project I've done to date. That isn't my own band, you know, like, so a lot of back and forth, a lot of getting on Zooms. Um, and I gave him, you know, it was moving quickly. And so we would go on like zooms and I would open up Ableton. And I, sometimes I make, I make these 10 minute tracks of just loops. Like I put records into the computer and then I just make, I basically make 10 minutes of loops where they change like every, like, you know, eight bars, 12 bars. And I'll, and usually I'll put acapellas underneath them. So I'll take like a boldy acapella from one of our songs and I'll just repeat it over and over again for 10 minutes. So I can hear how a voice sounds over the loops. Mm. And then from there, so I would get on with Luca and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to play you a bunch of stuff. Tell me when there's loops you like. And he'll be like that one, that one, that one. And then we'd make, you know, we'd just stack them and then he'd have like five out of that batch. And then I would, I would just make, you know, six minute versions of those loops. And with saying, keep in mind, these are just loops. There's nothing added. I'm going to, I'm going to, once you send them back to me, I'm going to start adding stuff. And as we're now getting into finishing the record, I keep adding stuff. And he's like, I don't like that. <laughs> I like the old version. And so it's it's definitely like um, a balance of taking the loops or the chops, like a, you know they're not all just straight loops. Sometimes they're 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 pieced together, but it's just a sample. There's nothing added, yeah. and then going in and producing the song where um, it still has the same feeling as the sample alone when there's stuff in it. So. And, and and with that record, when we started it, he had a vision of what it was going to be about, you know, and I had a vision of kind of like, hey, these are the type of beats that I, that I that I feel like would go well. Um, but he also kind of pushed it into like a. Like, usually my drums are pretty loud <laughs> and this record has um, the drums are not very loud. They're 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 a little more uh, subdued and in the back. And I and with this record, it's the first one where um, there aren't a ton of there. The guests on the record are like his guests, like the people the the people from his crew that he always records with. And then there's going to be one kind of bigger name guest on it that hasn't recorded yet. So I'm not going to say on camera who it is, but like a like a it's a, a guest. And then I've reached out to a few like musicians from like bands that I like and like in the jazz world to play on it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the first time I'm getting to kind of curate uh, sort of the overall sound without just a guest. Usually it's like, Oh, we're going to get, we'll get boldly to rap on this or, you know, like someone, uh, someone that'll create that sort of uh, 
energy that'll get people excited. Oh, it's Boldy and this person to get, you know, or Luca and this person. But now we're, we're, I'm going a step further on this one because we don't want a lot of features. This record's like really like Luca at the center, but like adding interesting musicians to it, you know, is going to be cool. So like, um, one of the guys who played on all the outcast records played bass. Um, oh, that's Preston. pretty cool. He's playing bass on a few of the songs, you know? And so, um, he, he already started. So like I have one of the songs with, with his bass and then, um, but yeah, reaching out to kind of like people in like the, sort of the jazz world that, that I like, that I listen to, um, and then having them play on it. And so, um, I'm just kind of getting started asking asking people, but so far, no one has said no. But I don't have recordings yet for everyone, so until I do, I'm I, I won't mention names. But but yeah, it it should be a really very cool eclectic project, but it still needs to sound like a rap record. Yeah, going back to like the original original question. Do you see all your other albums as like your albums featuring this person? Um, no, because at the end of the day, I know people are listening to a Boldy record because of Boldy. <laughs> no mm. one's like, oh, shit, real bad man. And, and you know, it's it's you don't think it, so. No, I don't think at this point, if it is, it's a smaller group like the because if you look at records with like, you know, I can see it in terms of like numbers when you look at like when I release a record you know, with, with Boldy and I release a record with a different rapper, like you could see where it lands in like the digital streaming space, mm. you know, like, and how, and how people listen and how people follow and are fans of certain artists. Um, I do think there's probably a few out there that are like, damn, it's real bad, man. But like, like for the pink Sifu album, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Real yeah. Bad, I'm put out an album with it. I'm going to listen. Yeah. To that but, but, but I, but, but I, I think, Yes. I, I mean, that's what I want to be able to do, to be like, oh, I'm putting out a record with an artist you might not know. But I just know that from from past experiences, like the Boldy records I've done have been the biggest because of Boldy. Yeah. You know, so I ask because you keep an art like the art yeah, yeah. under one. Uh, it's because it's because we're on a label. It's it's because it's it's released on our label. And I, you know, I grew up with like the era of like Mo Wax being like a really big influence on like a label that like had really cool art, um, you know, and, and it translates throughout. So, um, and it's also kind of, you know, like not, not being lazy, but it's easier when you have a white background and it's just one image. What's that image for that, for that album? How does it, you know, how does it, uh, what is it? And how does it relate to the to the music on there? So who designs your uh, who designs all the who designs all of that? Um, for the earlier ones, my my sort of creative partner for Real Bad Man, who's an illustrator, you know, uh, like the the Real Bad Boldy record, like he drew that. Um, but he's very busy, so I've had to kind of go, like for the for the music part because it's really me just doing it um i kind of get I'll, I'll reach out to artists or people that i know with an idea like oh so far i say draw this 
in your style. So, um, yeah, there's like a the next record that comes out at the end of this month is Cool Keith. So, oh wow, that's the first one that I well I actually uh, no Sifu and and Killing Nothing he didn't do. So yeah, from Killing Nothing on, like I've I've sort of I'll tell the artist what I need. And then I'll send it to them. And then usually Noah, who's my partner, will 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 kind of put finishing touches on it. For the most part, I have other people now doing it. And and I just it's I know what I want. So I just yeah. I how reach out should, to them. How much shit are you sitting on? Um I have the Stove God Cooks album that never came out. Um that's the only thing that's like finished and like like I have a test pressing of it. Like like oh, it's really? mixed and mastered and like yeah, ready to go. Um, Who's on any? That was supposed any to come out after. That was supposed to be the thing that came out after Real Bad Boldy. That was Damn. like the plan. Any so it was finished. On it? What? Any features on it? Yeah, a lot. Um, Who's on it? Uh, Conway's on it. Mayhem's on it, and um, and Grip. God damn! Do you think yeah. it'll ever see the light of day or not? Nah? It has to in some way. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it it has to. I just don't know when. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it has to because it's like finished and it's good. But I it it'll it'll come out at some point. I can't. It's not gonna. I. I can't imagine it. I, I just don't know when that that'll be. Yeah. Hopefully, no, I... people will still care by then, by the time it comes out. Any other projects you're sitting on? Like, uh, so, uh, Cool Keith is coming out next. That's finished. It's like already, like, uh, the the single, the first like release comes out Friday. Like the oh, first. Oh wow! So, um, and then after that will be Blue, like Blue in Exile. That one's yeah. like fun. The art is like over there. <laughs> I, can hold, I can hold it up. Um. shit that shit's crazy damn yeah so that's the art for that and then uh it's it's in the mastering phases so it's it's done it's like mixed it's it's almost mastered um i just have to give some notes and so that should come out summer Mm -hmm. hopefully um i'm trying to with cool keith um I believe vinyl will be in hand when it comes out. So, you know, I'd like, I I don't love the pre-order thing. Mm. Pre-order and then vinyl comes out and you get it like six months later. Yeah, the vinyl game's fucked right now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work a little, uh, I'm trying to have vinyl in hand or at least be like a month, you know, so you're not waiting like six months. Yeah. And then after blue, Will probably be Luca, I'm guessing. Um, because we're kind of like mixing and finishing it at the same time. Um, but depends on like the features. I think the like sort of the features are gonna be key. I don't want to rush it because I yeah. like um there's an El Camino project that's like kind of done, kind of El Camino. Mixed. Yeah. Um it's, it's kind of it's it's 80 percent 90 percent done 
That's going to, I can't wait to hear that. I love Camino. Yeah. It, it, um, yeah, it was, it's good. It's like, I, I like how he's grown as a rapper Mm. Um, and he picked kind of interesting beats too. So, um, and then, and then young Morpheus. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Which we're sort of like finishing now. And then I think that's it for like, done like things that are mostly done mm-hmm. every yep. there's a few that are like in the works that have songs but like like young morpheus is done luca's almost done camino's pretty much done so yeah that'll take me probably till next year i can't like um, yeah that's crazy and you have a whole other <laughs> yeah how do you so I, how do you balance all your time um well, I'm lucky that most of the music, I'm not sitting there when they're recording. Mm-hmm. So once beats are made, I send them. You know, there's a few people that if you're in L.A., you know, I can usually record. But even Blue, who's like in L.A., like he records on his own. So like he'd record and then we met up and like listen to it. But like for the most part, you know, he's uh I, I'm not in a in a studio while people are recording four albums worth of stuff. Yeah, like I don't think I could do that. I would I would have I would I wouldn't be able to. So I work on music at night on the weekends. You know, I I go into uh, have my own op- You know, I have a a company that I run with a partner that does sort of design and creative work. So, um it's an agency. So everyone's working on like 10 different things at once. So um, if there's downtime or there's, I need to like, kind of like clear my mind, I'll make beats for like, you know, an hour just to kind of like, I don't know, reset. So I relax. That's how I relax. Is your business self-sufficient enough that you don't have to like, would you ever become a full-time creator? Like, Uh, I mean, if, if it, I don't know. Yes, I would. If someone was like, hey, you can make the same amount making beats and producing as you do working for like, you know, big brands and designing, I would, mm-hmm. you know, so it would it would just sort of like um, if my career as a music person took off, then yes. But I think making like sort of independent underground records, probably not. Do you have a proudest moment? No. In music? In anything. I mean, like, I so, like, when we put out the Boldy records, like, getting, this is going to, I'm, I because I'm older, like, Pitchfork used to mean something, you know? So, like, getting a review in Pitchfork was like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. like that was cool. Um, like, those sort of milestones are cool. You know, even if I sort of disagree with the number, like, yo, they should have given me higher, like, like they had nothing bad to say, but it's, it's not an 8.0, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that sort of thing like that, that, you know, I like, I like getting the sort of recognition from like people or places that I respect. Mm-hmm. I think that that's sort of like, that's like a, uh, I guess that would be like proudest moments in, in music would be, you know, yeah, would be that sort of thing. Final question. How was your trip to Tokyo? Um, it was my third in the last like seven months. So 
God damn, what are you doing out there? Yeah, I've I've been going. Um, so I go a lot for work. Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of companies I work for have like a big presence in Japan and or when you do these sort of like research trips, you know, for like, hey, it's the we're going to plan like fall 24 designs. We're going to go get inspiration. Like Tokyo is like the place. Um, and I I usually would go like two or three times a year. Then wow. COVID happened and then everything was shut down, you know. Uh, no one was you weren't really going international um so from tw- uh 2019 was the last time i was there october 2019 and then last summer in july um like i, I was like i friends of mine who i work with were going for like and they were able to get you had to get a visa to get in like a work visa but like they're like oh it's easy to get like if you need one like just ask this person so I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go because I want to dig for records also. Like it would be a good like inspiration trip. I could go, I could do work, my regular work, and I could like get some music going. So um, I got my visa. I went for like a week and a half. You know, I saw, I I went and did work stuff. I went and did music stuff. Um, I came back. It was great. No one was there because you had to have a visa to get in. Yeah. So the only, only tour, there were no people, there were no tourists. It was just like, you know, people that were there for work. Is it Um, as beautiful as a, of a city as they say? Yeah. It's, it's like, I've been, it's the city I've been to more the most out of any other city besides the one I've lived in, you know? So like I've been there on 25, 30 times. So, Whoa. I know it. I know that, it very well. How's that flight, Jesus? You're probably good on planes. You're just like <laughs> uh, usually going there is hard. Going back is easier. Like going back to LA is is easier. Um, but yeah, it's a. It's like you know, you're in the mix. It's like crazy crowded. It's noisy. It's loud. And then at night, it's peaceful and calm. And it's like Japan has that has that mix. I mean, Tokyo, Tokyo has that mix of like, you know, you're walking down the street, there's TV screens blasting stuff. There's big buses with like lights and like advertisements playing like J-pop and like, you know, you're at the, you know, it's a dense city. But then there's like these gems where you walk it, you'll find a bar or a store and it'll be this store owner who's like, I love you know, African records. And it's, it's just a store for African records, you know, or it's, or it's, I love hats, vintage baseball hats from the forties. And I've created a bar dedicated to that. You know, it's, it's like, it's, it, it has very unique things. And beyond, beyond that, you can kind of get anything you want. Like in terms of like, you can go and have like, some of the best pizza you've ever had because the Japanese guy chef went to Italy for five years and studied with like a pizza master and can make pizza really well. And, and it's like, it has, he has the uh, the perfect oven, you know, and, and then, but then also at the same time, you can go and see every brand of clothing in existence all within like a, you know, two mile radius from like, you know, Gucci to North face to Stussy to, to, you know, Supreme. Have you like traveled around the country? 
Yeah, uh, I have not not a lot. I usually just stay in Tokyo, but I have. I've um, you know, I've been I've been to Kyoto, Osaka, Okinawa, uh, Hakone, and kind of been around there a lot. I haven't gone like too far out, but um, when I was in twenty in the summer of twenty nineteen, I was there for six weeks. I was there with like with my family. We we rented a house in Shibuya and we kind of traveled around. And that was when I was making a lot of the songs from the first on high alert, the first and second. For most of the on high alert songs were done during that time. So um like I remember texting Ito <laughs> and sending him beats like in between train rides, you know. Most people didn't know I was in I was in Tokyo, like, but I remember like sending beats and working on songs um like while I was there. Fun quick little story. Yeah. I gave Ito the first mushrooms he ever did. We did them the <laughs> night we met. That's cool. How'd he do? How'd he do? He's hilarious. I love Ito. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that sounds amazing, man. I really appreciate your time. I know you just got back for doing this and talking. Yeah, I slept like nine hours. So like <laughs> I slept on the plane. It's a night. It was a nine hour flight. I slept five of the nine hours. I got up and I, and I worked on stuff for the last four. And then I got home. I stayed up the whole day. And then at the end, and then last night at 1030, I crashed and I slept the whole night. And that's usually a good sign. So. Um, Thank you for doing. Might not be jet lagged as much as I was there. Coming home's easier. Been there Going enough there. that you you're used to. I was about to be like, damn, he's all the like. How is he gonna handle that? But you know, you've done it. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've done it now. Also, uh, la last thing, why don't yeah. clothing brands make bigger size pants? I'm a 46 waist, and I can. Oh. I'm 46, 36. No one, I can never find shit in Got my it. size. <laughs> I probably smaller clothing brands like like real bad man like we just can't get every size you have no, to like i, I understand i'm just being a dick yeah, but i yeah. literally am always so mad because i love yeah certain designs. Well, i mean we get like every once in a while someone will be like oh we need, do you have a 3x and it's like no because if we made it like no one would buy it except for the one time you want that one shirt you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean and then I totally we'd be like why do, like it's like even now it's like i was like why do we make smalls we don't sell smalls like no one wants a small but like you're supposed to do small through double X is like the standard. Yeah. But um yeah, uh I'm sorry we don't make we don't I, make a lot of pants. Any any brands yeah. it's hard for me to find shit yeah. that fits. <laughs> yeah. No, I have a uh, bunch of your shirts. I love I love your designs. I love your music, and it really is an honor to talk because I am a very big yeah, yeah. I'm 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 glad we could do this.